we are very live. Uh, if if you are having anxiety like the other 300 million people who live in this country, we are here to save you from your anxiety. Because all we're going to be talking about is the Wizards in the draft. And you know what? There's no anxiety when it comes to talking about the Wizards in the draft. That always when you talk about the Wizards offseason, it always works out swimmingly for Wizards fans. So if you're a Wizards fan and you want to get rid of any sort of anxiety you might have, let's talk about extremely hypothetical things that have a 99.9% chance of not happening in the Wizards offseason. Uh, I am Fred Katz. I'm the host of Wizards After Dark. And uh, today we're, we're, we're really digging into the Wizards draft hypotheticals. Joining me. We're recording this live. You'll be able to listen later on your Wizards After Dark feed, if that's how you normally listen as well. And joining me is my producer, Andrew Schlecht. Hello, everyone. We're uh, just can't can't wait to talk a lot of Dwight Powell today. Just deep dive into <laughs> Dwight Powell. <laughs> yeah. Who who would have thought? Okay, let me ask you a question. I haven't said what we're talking about on this podcast yeah. yet today. And the Dwight Howell name has not been published yet. Oh. So so when people just hear, let's talk about <laughs> Dwight Powell <laughs> to start off Wizards After Dark. Like what do you think what do you think they are thinking right now when they hear let's talk about Dwight Powell? We're clearly just running through all the good players that ever played at Stanford today on Wizards After Dark. <laughs> that's our that's what we do. There you go. <laughs> There you go. So so I figure for Wizards After Dark, if you checked out my piece earlier in the week, we're recording this Wednesday afternoon at around 3 p.m. If you're if you're listening to a later recording of this, I don't know, Andrew, when is this going to post? Are we posting Thursday? Yeah, morning? we'll post. Yeah, know. post Thursday morning. So in conjunction with this podcast, then there will be part two of a two part story that I'm doing just kind of. Just kind of like taking names and chucking them at the wall and seeing what sticks in a world where the Wizards trade the number nine pick for a player. And it's funny, I I put out part one on the Athletic DC earlier this week of just like seven or eight or nine names of players the Wizards could trade for uh, if they were to trade the number nine pick, which I'm not reporting as something they're like totally and completely invested in doing. Just saying like, If you've got a team that wants to get better and wants to get better in the immediate, and as Bradley Beal said on J.J. Reddick's podcast, they have to be good to keep Bradley Beal. If that is what you want to do, one way to do it is trading number nine for a player. So it wouldn't be the most shocking thing in the world. It would fit their agenda if they traded number nine for a player. And what I think is hilarious Hey, Fred, I have to stop you. And uh, we can leave this in the pod if you want. Because there, we might have had some Wizards people uh, join in on our stream. The uh, the link you sent out was to actually join the live stream and to be a part of the live stream. So, oh, so I've had I've had some some random people pop up trying to be on the live stream, oh, <laughs> and I'm no. like, why is like how is it possible that somebody could pop up? And then I look, I was like, oh no, did Fred? Did Fred just hand out? So this is kind of this is payback for when I uh, accidentally left your phone number on a Dream Team show, and people. Oh yeah, <laughs> I got text messages and phone calls from that. 
<laughs> I legit got when you when you accidentally said my what did you do? You said my no, no, phone I think number we on called a, on a you, podcast, you and it was like on your it was like a voicemail that was it was like your voicemail that was like four zero five, <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> yeah, that was that was it. And I got I got text messages uh-huh. like, "Is this actually Fred?" Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, what? that's true. Okay, so. So should I should I delete that? I would del- <laughs> we should definitely leave this yeah. in. Oh, we're leaving it in. Uh, yeah, you should probably delete the tweet. <laughs> uh. This is good podcasting. <laughs> this, is, this is good. Anyway, as I was saying, while we get this tweeted out, I wrote a piece for Monday, just kind of throwing out names the Wizards could trade number nine for. Not even that the Wizards could trade number nine for, but that like in a world where the Wizards traded number nine for a player who can help them right now, who would be names that are worth having in that hypothetical discussion? And some of the comments are like, oh, great. It's back to the Ernie days. You're just going to trade number nine for a player for Trevor Ariza. <laughs> and it's back to the Ernie days. And and there's, there's, this, um, there's this Ray Romano bit which I think I've referenced on this podcast before. Yeah. But there's there's a Ray Romano bit where he talks about how his wife got mad at him because she saw a woman on the bus who he would have liked had he been there on the bus with her to see the woman on the bus. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, you've definitely <laughs> and definitely mentioned this before. <laughs> because sports fans, it perfectly encapsulates sports fans and it perfectly encapsulated Wizards fans in that moment being like, oh, you're suggesting you're you're saying that the Wizards could do anything with their draft pick. And now I'm projecting that they're going to trade it for somebody bad. And then I'm going to get angry about that when no one is saying that's the case. So just calm down. We're really just talking and throwing stuff out there and having fun conversations about trade stuff. I am going to tweet out this link and then we're going to get to chatting. OK, that's it. <laughs> I'm uh I'm actually googling right now. Are Mike Miller and Randy Foy still on the same team? Can we do that still? <laughs> yeah. So what's so funny is somebody I wrote this I wrote this piece and 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 I kind of chatted with some people around the league of like what do you think of this name? Some other people threw out some other names for me and somebody said you should just put Trevor or you should just put uh Kelly Oubre in there because it would be hilarious. Yeah, right. Like if they if they <laughs> if they traded Kelly Oubre to rent Trevor Ariza on a fifty loss team and then traded number nine for Kelly Oubre. Yeah. It would <laughs> to rent Kelly Oubre. Hey, all they they just sent really Kelly be. Oubre. We're like, okay, we don't really believe in our developmental staff. We like the Suns better. Let's go develop yeah. go develop in Phoenix and we'll br- we'll bring you back. Exactly. The sad thing is exactly. that are you guaranteed to get a better player than Kelly Oubre with the ninth pick? Well, let's talk. Let's about talk it. about it. No, you're not. You're not guaranteed. But what we're going to do today is I'm going to take some of the names that I wrote in part one and some of the names that will be out in part two. And I guess if you're listening to this on the recorded version that comes out Thursday morning, you'll be able to see those names over at The Athletic DC, which, by the way, you can subscribe to The Athletic if you're not a subscriber for a discount. If you go to theathletic.com slash wizards after dark, that's going to get you 
a discount on an actual full subscription to the one dollar a week is the current promo one, there you go one dollar a week at the athletic.com slash wizards after dark so check that out and you can see these names so i'm gonna throw out some names to you and what we're gonna do is we're just gonna see how some of this stuff goes i'm gonna be the wizards calling you you're gonna rotate between is that how is that what we're doing yes you're you're gonna rotate between being the other team's gm and we're gonna talk about it do you want to pick a first name or, or am i gonna pick a first name? uh why don't you why don't you call me okay that's those are our sound effects we have high budget sound effects here um hi um how you start your conversations hi 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 is uh is is uh travis schlank of the atlanta hawks available please oh yeah uh this is travis actually you got me on my direct line all right travis uh i am wondering you know it seems like you you traded for clint capella you drafted deandre hunter you 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 basically did with Dwayne Dedman what we were just joking about the Wizards doing with Kelly Oubre. Yep. Um, what's going on with John Collins? Twenty and ten. He's twenty two years old. Yeah. Shot forty from three. Yeah. He's got work defensively, but uh, I want to have a conversation about John Collins. Okay. What's your reaction to number nine for John Collins? What else we need to do? Not in this draft would be my response. You can call me next year if you're if you're at nine in next year's draft. I think that's a conversation. Not in this year's draft. John Collins, don't you think John Collins would go like four in this draft? All right, so let me ask you this. I'm gonna break. I'm gonna break the fourth wall for a second. I have so many John Collins trade thoughts because <laughs> the Hawks. Yeah. So, so the Hawks. I'm immediately breaking the premise of what we just yeah. we're gonna do. <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> no, it's really interesting because I think the Hawks are in a place where, like, if the Wizards want to trade number nine for a player, yeah. which again, like Kevin O'Connor reported earlier this week that they're trying to trade up, they could make the pick at number nine. They could trade it for a player. They could be unenthused in the moment because two guys who they thought were going to be there aren't there, and they could trade back. Like these, these situations are very fluid and they're all possible. Mm-hmm. But if they were going to try to trade number nine for a player to get better, I think the Hawks are thinking similarly because the Hawks want to make the playoffs. Yeah. And if they're vying for a similar player, the Hawks have the advantage because the six pick is better for the, the nine yeah, pick. Exactly. Um, and if the Hawks really want to get better, what what could the Hawks get for John Collins N6? Oh, interesting. John Collins is 22 years old and he just averaged. Like, players like that are not normally available. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting with Collins is if you have a dude who's like 20 and 10 and you think you might be able to get him in a trade, normally it's not a guy who you could say like, that like a rebuilding team could convince themselves they want, mm-hmm. but he's 22 years old and he's not even a restricted free agent yet. Like a rebuilding team could be interested and that makes the market interesting. I mean, I would, if they didn't have Clint Capella, I'd say miles Turner. 
Yeah. Yeah, I think that's too much to give up for Miles Turner, to be honest. Yeah, I. But that I, is interesting. I th- I, yeah, I think even like a, a swap of those two would make some sense. But the Hawks don't need him. How about this? Same same team. Yeah. Different player. What about for Oladipo? Oh God, no! I would not give Collins for Oladipo. Just because Oladipo's got one year left. Last time we saw him, he wasn't good. No. And then he's probably not staying in Atlanta. So you just give up Collins for for nothing at that point. I mean, potentially nothing. If he's all-star Oladipo, I mean, if this was all-star Oladipo, one, the Pacers aren't doing that. It just doesn't, that doesn't seem palatable to me. John Collins is kind of a weird guy to try to trade, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's it's not normal. Okay, you're, you're Minnesota. You trade number one for Collins and six? <laughs> yes, actually, yes. I do, 100%. I mean, a co- Collins and Towns and and D'Lo is hilarious. It's, yeah. Um, but talented and young. Yeah. Can't defend. You, Yeah, no. They'd have to score 130 a night. Yeah. Yeah. What about, what about for Drew Holiday? That's the hot name on the market now. That's interesting. Because it's not... I mean, it's interesting. It's not a crazy fit with Ian Zion because he does shoot. And you need a big next to Zion that can shoot. And if you're yeah. the Pelicans, to me, like you just want to get younger and develop around Zion and Brandon Ingram. I don't know. that that To me, that makes some sense. It does make sense. And then Drew Holiday I'm makes so, the Hawks a lot better. I mean, like a lot I'm better. So, I'm so glad... That immediately on our first trade, I proposed a Hawks trade <laughs> that has nothing to do with the Wizards. <laughs> this this podcast is going great. It's a great wizard <laughs> show. I immediately broke the premise of what we were doing. Immediately. Just to talk about potential Hawks trades. Oh, speaking wow, of the Hawks. Wow. 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 Weird. <laughs> the Hawks are hiring Nate McMillan. That's weird timing. That is weird timing. All right, I think that's I think that's a sign. I I agree with you for what it's worth. Like I put John Collins on the list just to shoot John Collins down. Yeah. I I mean, look, if the Warriors call and offer number 2 for John Collins, I think that's a different conversation than if the Wizards call and offer number 9. Number 9 It's not doing anything for no. me. No. Nah, they it's not like they're desperate. It's not like you're desperately trying to get off of John oh, Collins. Oh, no way. No way. You have you have to you have to be better. And I just don't know like who fits. I think John Collins fits pretty well next to Clint Capella. I don't know who you're going to get in the draft. I mean, you I don't know. I don't I yeah. I just and especially hearing that they want to get rid of 6, why would they also want 9? Right. Right. No, I'm I'm with you. It feel like it has to be rerouted to another team. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, which is, honestly, I have Jared Allen on this list. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm calling you. Okay. Mr. Brooklyn Net. Call, maybe I'm calling Josiah. Maybe I'm going over Sean Marks' head. <laughs> um, Jared Allen is a restricted free agent after this year. Yep. You're going to have to pay him. Yeah. Yeah, obviously got to start DeAndre Jordan. Mm-hmm. You're going to start DeAndre Jordan. 
uh, you literally fired your coach. Yeah. <laughs> over starting DeAndre Jordan. Um, or sorry, you you mutually agreed to part ways <laughs> over DeAndre Jordan. Um, Jared Allen could thrive elsewhere. Yeah. We we wizards need a center. Yeah. Defensive minded player, rim protector, rim finisher, great basketball fit. Um, what do you think about number nine? Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it right now. Well, that's great. It's great podcasting. He's coming off the bench for us anyways. <laughs> we'll we'll take it. That's great. I'm surprised that you wouldn't want to wait to see if Anyako Kongwu is available at nine or if somebody like that's available at nine. Because I, I personally, now that the trade is done, I personally would rather have him. And I think that the number nine pick, whoever it's going to be, is probably has more trade value, could potentially have more trade value than Jared Allen in a potential... Drew Holiday trade because it sounds nicer to say that you get whatever players they want to send Spencer Dinwiddie or Karis LeVert and number nine than being locked into somebody already. So to me, if I'm the Wizards, I wouldn't. I don't know that I would do that. Yeah, I mean, look, this comes back to the Wizards want to win in 2020 and. Yep. They have a lot of holes. Yeah. And I don't know how much drafting in Yeka Okongwu or drafting Isaac Okoro is going to fill those gaps that they have. Yeah. At least not in 2020, 21, mm-hmm. because their gaps are types of gaps that need to be filled by veterans. They're, if we're going to talk in a, in a very um, overarching way, their gaps kind of all have to do with being young and unrefined, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They're that they don't play team defense. Yep. Um, and yeah, they were better in the second half of the season. You look at the schedule. I, I there, there are some people who write in the comments of my stories when I when I write, um, you know, they were 29th in points allowed per possession this year. There are some people who are right mm-hmm. that I disregard that in the second half of the season, basically after the trade deadline when they traded Isaiah Thomas. They were like 14th in points allowed per possession. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's an unreasonable suggestion. But there's a reason why I don't reference that often. And it's because I think there's a lot of fool's gold in those numbers. Yeah. First of all, March and April numbers, which is what these are, mm-hmm. uh, even if they're not literally March and April numbers, the those numbers tend to be really weird yeah every year you got a team that in the meaningless part of the season when they are already out of it has these weird upticks and weird numbers and small samples and it makes them difficult to analyze second of all you look at the offenses they played they played like a disproportionate number of bottom 15 offenses during that time mm. and when they played top 10 offenses during that time they got waxed yeah Every single time. And when you watch the defense, they're still missing rotations like crazy. Mm-hmm. They're still failing to help like crazy. And there were there were improvements. I think Bongo got better throughout the year. I think Thomas Bryant was unquestionably better in the bubble defensively. But these aren't ones that like Thomas Bryant wasn't anchor a top 15 defense good in the bubble. Yeah. He was just a little better. So I'm incredibly concerned with the defense still. 
and I know the Wizards are still concerned with the defense mm-hmm. and that that's their number one, two, and three priority. And if I were running them, it would be the same thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the way that you solve that is not necessarily with a rookie. Now, Jared Allen's not going to come in and solve the defense, yeah. but if you're if you have on your list of priorities being good in 2020, 21 and the East is, is really good and you're trying to get into the playoffs and you're willing to pay Jared Allen after this year, you still have team control of him. It's not necessarily a rental. You just got to pay him. I mean, I don't hate it. How good is Jared Allen? I like, maybe that's where we're apart. I like Jared Allen. Yeah. I mean, Jared Allen protects the rim. He plays good team defense. He plays shamelessly. He plays very hard. Mm-hmm. He's a good rim finisher. He's been trying to shoot that corner three. Yeah. We'll see. Um, I think he fits well with their guards. I think he fit, he would he would help their defense a lot. I don't think he's like a one-man defense. I don't think he's an all-defensive guy. I don't think he's got that in his future. Mm-hmm. But I think he's good. I think he's good. What if you could get Nerlens Noel for like two years, eight million, which I think you probably could. Like, what's the difference between oh. the two? I know Jared Allen's a lot better, but as far as just like having a guy, like a big guy that can defend, like, would you rather like? Because giving up the ninth pick for somebody is not nothing. Like, that's that's significant. And so I just wonder yeah. if you could just get somebody as a free agent even as a slight overpay and get similar or close to the production and still get the ninth pick. Right. Well, that's the interesting thing with the free agent market is that centers are pretty cheap. Mm -hmm. Um, First of all, I don't think Noel's even going to be that expensive. He shouldn't be. Noel for cheaper than that. I mean, he's got the minimum for Um, two years. Right. I, the problem is with someone like Noel, is I wrote about this a couple weeks ago. This is my problem with Noel as a fit. It's my problem with Dwight as a fit. And no, I don't think they're bringing Dwight back. (laughs) But a lot of backup centers, the reasons that they're backup centers, and the reasons that maybe they be... So like Noel goes to Oklahoma City and he starts to legitimately play better than he did in Dallas, right? Mm -hmm. Part of the reason is because he could foul like a freaking maniac. Yeah, yep. And so... Because when you're playing 15, 18, 19 minutes a night, you can foul like crazy without consequence because whatever. That's part of why I thought Dwight becoming a much better defender this year was a little bit, not not wildly so, but a little bit, not overrated, but overstated. Yeah. It's because when Dwight plays 18 minutes a game, he averaged like what seven fouls per 36 minutes or something like that. Like you can't even go by his per 36 numbers because he fouls out per 30 minutes, you know, like it's ridiculous. And when you're playing 18 minutes a night, that's fine. Go use your fouls when you have to spread it out over 24, 25 minutes, which I think is something the wizards would like to rely on in an ideal situation. Mm -hmm. Either you're going to foul too much and it's going to hurt your team. Or you're going to have to dial back the fouls. And chances are, when the fouling is such a fabric of the way that you play, it can hurt your defense. And and with the Wizards specifically, I think you can argue the Wizards' biggest problem, and so much of this stuff is interconnected, but at least one of their biggest problems last year was they overfouled like crazy. Mm-hmm. They sent guys to the free throw line all the time. They were 28th in the league in free throw rate against. And 
maybe their biggest problem, which connects so much to rim protection, is that they don't stop guys at the point of attack. And I think they're still going to have somewhat, at least somewhat, of an issue with that in the upcoming season. So when you're letting guys get to the middle all the time, and you already have a center who overfouls on a team with guys who can actually stay in front of guards on the perimeter, like Chris Paul and pretty solid enough team defenders, and that guy's already overfouling, Think about how much you could potentially foul when guys are getting into the lane with a head of steam behind them all the time. Mm-hmm. And so I think the guys who foul a lot, like I even, I like Aaron Baines as a fit. I think he's good enough to maybe overcome a little bit, yeah. but there's still some nerves with me with Aaron Baines as a fit. The reason why he plays 20 minutes a game is because he fouls so much. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that is a concern for me with a lot of those types of centers who foul a lot. Getting back to Jared Allen. He's pretty good at not fouling. Yeah. Like stylistically, I'm not saying it has to be Jared Allen, but I I think this stylistic fit is important there. Um, And I think someone like Allen could be better stylistically for this roster than someone like Noel. Yeah. No, I get that. That's my insanely long answer to (laughs) why not Nerlens Noel? I thought Nerlens, I mean, Nerlens can't catch was, is like, Reason number two is why you uh, <laughs> can't catch. Don't want to, <laughs> to have neural. Wizards no fans, <laughs> Wizards fans thought Gortat can't catch. Oh, get ready, <laughs> get ready. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm just. To me, I would, I would shoot higher than than him, especially <clears throat> with the way the center market is. I just wouldn't want to. I just wouldn't want to spend a lottery pick on getting a center that I'm probably gonna have to pay and i mean jared allen if he goes to another situation like if he goes to the wizards and he averages 16 and 11 you'll have to then you're gonna overpay probably for a big and in this nba and also when you're trying to keep bradley beal do you really want to overpay for a young center when you could go get one in the draft at nine. There are several that will probably be available uh, that could also help your defense. I just wouldn't, I'm, I don't know. I'm not really on the Jared Allen train, especially for a lottery pick. If it was for like the 15th pick or the 18th pick. Sure. But I don't know if that's palatable for the nets either. It just feels like uh Jared Allen will be part of whatever package that they use to uh, to get whoever else they want, Drew Holiday or whatever other star that they try to get. Yeah, no, I think I think those are all, I think those are all really good points and worthwhile. Okay, let's let's um, let's switch it over to somebody who who you might who's in a very different situation. He's already been air quotes paid. I actually think he's on a very reasonable contract. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to worry about that. Um, I think he's a little bit more of a modern big. Um, Maxi Kleba. Oh. Who who I think is definitely not underrated by Dallas. The Mavs love him. Yeah. Um, so, so Donnie Nelson, Mark Cuban. I don't even know who I'm talking to in this situation. Tuck the um, cubes. You got the cubes line. Yeah, 
I'm 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 calling up. Cubes might be busy pulling his hair out about the election right now. <laughs> he might just be having nervous breakdowns fighting with Ted Cruz. <laughs> so I I think I'm gonna have to call Donnie Nelson on this one. Um, I know you guys love Maxi Cleva. Yeah. Um, what's your reaction to number? And and by the way, to be clear, I'm aware salary has to be put into these deals. Yeah, you yeah, gotta. Yeah. You got to you got to match up. So really in this scenario if you want to do salary it's like it's like Ish Smith and number 9 mm-hmm. for Maxi Kleba. How do you feel about that? If I'm the Mavs, I I would say call me on draft night and let's see who's available. Because to me if like a guy like Isaac Okoro was available at 9, which is very possible. I mean the to put him with Luca, I don't know his shooting is suspect, but to have a guy like that that you can just let loose out there as a defender and can also drive and create, I don't know. I, I would like somebody like that next to them. Even, I mean, a Kongwu at that spot as well, playing next to a stretchy Porzingis, who's, you know, you have just your defense could be great around Luca at that point. So to me, I would say I would probably say yes anyways cuz 9 feels like a, like what is he your like fourth best player in your rotation your fifth best player in your rotation Kleba? Yeah. Right now? Yeah. If he went to the Wizards or Yeah, if he went Dallas? to the Wizards. If he went to I mean look. You're talking to a Maxi Kleba super super <laughs> fan right now. Okay. I think he is really good. Yeah. Like I think he's really good. If he's on the Wizards, let's let's for the sake of it, I know people are all over the place on John Wall. Let's say Beal and Wall are the two best players on the team. Uh-huh. I mean, who's who's the third best player in the rotation? If they just trade number nine for Maxi Klebo, who's the third best player? This is uh like Berton's better? Yeah, Bertans is better. Yeah, so the fourth best player in the rotation. So maybe he's their fourth best player. Maybe fifth. Maybe one of the young guys makes you know Rui or or, or Troy Brown makes a makes a jump in year two. Yeah, but he's your fourth or fifth best player. Maybe Thomas Bryant makes. A, but if Thomas Bryant makes a jump, like over Maxi, if Thomas Bryant makes a jump to where he's worth starting over Maxi Kleba, you do not trade number nine for Maxi Kleba. That's what you no, 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 no. Case. No, you don't. It just you doesn't don't do that for a bench player. Wouldn't that? I mean, how disappointed would you be if you were a Wizards fan and like that's what happened? The Wizards. Oh, well, Woj tweets. Oh, the Wizards are. I'm hearing the Wizards are trading number nine. You're like, oh, what well, could it be? It's for Maxi Kleba. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what. Wow. <laughs> if if they did first of all, they'd have three Germans. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, <laughs> which would be big. Yeah. Um, second of all, this is a total guess, total guess on my part. Mm-hmm. I think Dallas would say no to that, that offer. Huh? Uh, especially because Dallas historically just doesn't really value draft picks. They don't really care about the draft. They just build their team in other ways. Yeah. And so I don't think number nine is really going to sway them. I also feel like they 
they think they're really close to being really good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's that's and the they might thing. not be that's wrong. The by right the there. way, yeah. And the thing is, I I think there is a world where whoever gets drafted number nine ends up being better than Maxi Kleba. Mm-hmm. Like that, I don't think that's a crazy statement. Yeah, but. I also think that even in a world where whoever gets ends up getting drafted number nine is better than Maxi Kleba, I still think there is a chance that Dallas would rather have Maxi Kleba considering what they think could be in their immediate future. Mm-hmm. Like he could be an important thing for them. Um, I think he's really good. And, and it's not just, I mean, look, he, he shoots threes. Well, he legit protects the rim. Yeah. Um, he moves his feet well like he can defend away from the rim he's a he's a good defensive center like good he's a he's like your typical modern big not a great rebounder that's kind of where it hurts you but he's your typical modern big and and by the way like where is this 8.3 million in 21 so this upcoming season 8.75 million in 22 and 9 million in 23 with uh, not only part of that is guaranteed. It's either partially guaranteed or fully non-guaranteed. Yeah, that's nice. So that's that's basically Thomas Bryant's contract. Mm-hmm. Um, when he's kind of giving you all the stuff in all the places that you want from a player like that, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and they like how he fits next next to Porzingis too, because I think they'd rather yeah. give Porzingis in the regular season at least. I think they would rather give Porzingis more minutes at the four than at the five. Yeah. So I think, I think they would say no to that. Um, but that's my guess. That's my my total. It's my total guess. Yeah, I tend to agree because they they want to take a step forward. And if you traded him for the ninth pick, you're taking a step back to potentially take a step forward the year after. Which I've, if I'm the Mavs, I don't have a problem with doing that. Because the West is stacked this next year, anyways, and I don't quite understand uh, the willingness for all these teams in the West to try to get better right now. Because like, there's going to be a handful of teams that are going to swing and miss and not even get in the playoffs that are going all in. I don't think the Mavs are necessarily one of those teams, but to me, I would let everybody else swing away and take a step back. And try to develop somebody to where if you could you could possibly have a trio of young stars in Dallas, which I'd much rather have. Which you could potentially have with a Kongwu or a Koro. I mean, there's guys that could really hit if they're next to the right people. And I think that the coaching staff. I mean, that's that's another thing is that you send Isaac Okoro to Dallas. I'm immediately on the Isaac Okoro could be the best wing in the draft period if he goes there because I think it's going to a lot of these guys are going to depend on their situation and where they go and if you get a good player that goes to Dallas that can play with other good players that can develop good habits like I'm all about it look so much of getting drafted is just people talk about it the draft is talent identification why did I say identification so weird just now? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, people talk about the draft as, as it so much being uh, talent identification. Yeah. But it's so much talent development. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, there's people talk about it as like, ah, oh, they, the Warriors discovered Draymond Green. Look at that. They saw it when nobody else saw it. Mm-hmm. When in reality, like if they really saw it when nobody else saw it, they wouldn't have just waited for him to fall to the second round. They would yeah. have traded something for him and it would have worked out well. Yeah. What they really did well was not identify the talent. Mm-hmm. It was hone and develop the talent and allow Draymond to grow. And obviously a lot of that is on him, but they gave him the infrastructure to allow to grow into what he really became, which is a Hall of Fame player. Yep. Uh that was talent cultivation. Mm-hmm. That wasn't necessarily talent identification. And and that kind of stuff can vary depending on the situation. I mean that's just, you know, um that's in an ever asked question, but you know, we're talking about with these organizations too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to, you want to pick another guy? You want to pick one? Yeah. Uh, do, let's I, do you, see. do you have, do you have anyone who I didn't put on these lists who, uh, who you thought of? Or did you um, not give this that much thought? I no, I think that your list is good. I think that it's, it's hard to identify guys where you're like, here's a veteran. That's worth the ninth pick. Yeah. I think we need to go. We need to to take a look at the canard line, don't we? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We can't do yeah. this podcast without, without taking a look at the canard line. <laughs> so I deleted the canard line from the actual story. You did? <laughs> yeah, I deleted it. So no one listening to this knows what we're talking about. <laughs> the, the canard line, which I had in the original form. Uh-huh. Of my story, which was I deleted after I wrote the first draft because I thought it was corny and stupid. Oh, it's very corny and very stupid. But this podcast is corny (laughs) and stupid. So so we can talk about it on the pod. The Kennard line was the principle that Luke Kennard was worth exactly the number nine pick. Yeah. And that if you are above the Kennard line then the Wizards have to give up more than number nine for you. So you, for example, would, I, you know, we're saying maybe Maxi Kleba is above the Kennard line. And if you're below the Kennard line, like say Josh Okoji, who I had on this list, yeah. is then you have to give up more than just Josh Okoji to get number nine. Mm-hmm. Um, Luke Kennard, I postulated, is worth exactly number nine, yeah. which he kind of isn't because we don't know about his medicals. He had the knee injury. Right. You don't really know the. I I I kind of got to that point because they got apparently close in a deal with Phoenix, where Phoenix would have given up presumably a first, mm-hmm. and Phoenix is drafting number ten. So I think we could say he's worth about number nine. Yep. You want to just talk about Luke Kennard? Yeah. I, I think Do you? Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna phrase this one for you. Uh huh. Is Luke Kennard? Above or below the canard line? <laughs> oh, I think depending on what his medicals are, he could be below it. Just because, like I've said with like Isaac Okoro, who I, who I've the more I've watched him, the more I'm just a believer in what he could be, and also fills some gaps that the Wizards have. Uh, but I like Luke Kennard as a player. I think he is trapped in Detroit and nobody knows what to think about him because he's on this really bad team, but he can really shoot. He can handle, he can handle a pick and roll even not necessarily exactly what the wizards are looking for, but 
if you have, I mean, he's a nice release valve for the Wizards uh, as a shooter. And then, like, you, you have a ton of shooting then around John Wall. If John Wall can be anything, I mean, to be able to pass out to Kennard, to Beal, to Bertans. I mean, like, oh, wow. Like, they could... That that could be a really great offense, and and Thomas Bryant too. Sure, Thomas Bryant can drain him. Yeah, so I mean, like that's that that would be the idea there. Uh, he just kind of joins in the fun of not being a great defender out there with the Wizards, but to me, to me, that's because I still think there's some growth to be had with him. He's young enough. To where I think you could say, okay, maybe we feel like we could we could do something with them. We we like what our development staff has done with several of these guys, and we think that we could bring him in. Now, does that stunt like Troy Brown's growth? Because he's probably taking Troy Brown's minutes if he comes to the Wizards. And if you're trading the nine pick, you're you're definitely bringing him in to take Troy Brown's minutes, not for it to go the other way around. Uh, so that's where I would worry a little bit, but to me, I would I would rather invest in a guy that can really shoot it, uh, especially next to stars. I mean, it's it's not easy to find guys that can just really shoot it, and the Wizards have some of those guys already. And to add to that, I mean, you can never have too much shooting on a team. So I like it. I mean, I like I like the idea of that because you're not. I mean, I like Okoro and those guys, but you're not guaranteed to get a starting level player, which I think is what Kennard will will end up being in this league. Yeah, I. If you trade number nine for Luke Kennard, you are just going like we talked about. Oh, Minnesota pairs John Collins with Towns and D'Lo. They're going all in on offense. My yep. goodness, you trade number nine for Luke Kennard. You are going all in on offense. Like that is mm-hmm. what you are doing. You're right, though. That they that lineup could score so much. We mm-hmm. could see. Remember that 159, 158 game against Houston? <laughs> That'll just be every night. That will be every look. If you just want to watch super fun basketball and you don't give a crap about winning or losing and you just want to watch outrageous basketball, yeah, just like not not a real team basketball, <laughs> that's the team you do. <laughs> you know, that is what you do. Yeah. So, so maybe it, I, I don't know how much it really helps you win, to be honest. He, he can handle a little bit, too. He can yeah. run your bench units and that kind of stuff. Yeah. I don't know. I think he could play with Troy Brown on the bench. Sure. I don't see I don't see why he couldn't. He he really drains threes and and it's not like he's this guy who can't play off the ball. He can. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I you could honestly have I mean, we talked about a lineup if it's, you know, a closing lineup or whatever. Uh but if you're playing your bench unit with Kennard, Rui, Troy Brown, Bonga, and maybe you use your mid level on on a on a center who can contribute and maybe he's playing with the bench unit or maybe yeah. he's playing with the starters and Thomas Bryant's with the bench unit. Like that's you got Jerome Robinson there if he ends up being something, which the Wizards believe that he is. He's gonna mm-hmm. have to show more than just the bubble to show that he is. But yep. the Wizards consider him part of the future. Like Ish Smith, like that's a good bench. 
that's a there's there's like actually depth on that team. That that's a good bench, but again, like I don't know who's getting a stop on that roster. <laughs> like if I'm if I'm the Wizards and I'm trading number nine, yeah, it's obviously it has to be for a good player. Yeah. And I really wouldn't want it to be for a rental. Like right. I, I have Daniel Tice on this list. And yeah, I put Daniel Tice on the list, but I don't like the deal. As much as I like Daniel Tice as a player. Yeah. And as much as I think Daniel Tice is is really uh, the type of player who can really help them, which is yeah. why I snuck his way onto the list. Um I he's an unrestricted free agent after this year. Mm-hmm. And even though that also gets them a third German. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, it, it's got to be Tice, and, and then you got to get like 26 and 30 out of it because the Celtics have three firsts, you know. Yeah, and yeah, and I don't still don't even. Yeah, I still don't even know if that's worth it for the Wizards. Like, you want someone who who you're at least going to be able to to keep. Uh, yeah, like don't you don't like want to just do number nine just for the short term because that that is the the old wizards move. If you yeah. just do it for a guy who's just going to be there for a year or two and then he's gone, mm-hmm. um, that's not the way you treat your draft picks. That's a bad way to treat your draft picks. And 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 uh, you if you're trading number nine, you want you want someone who's going to actually be able to fill in, who's going to stay and is young like Kennard, who has one more year left on his rookie scale deal and you can keep him restricted free agency. If you want, you, if you want, you want someone like that, or you want somebody like Kleba who's already locked up to his long-term deal or Dwight Powell who I have on this list. Who's already locked up. Although mm-hmm. I don't love that contract for Dwight Powell. Yeah. Um, if Larry Nance who's locked up again, although I don't love that contrast track for Nance, Mm-mm. but you also want someone who's actually going to fill the gaps on your team because that is the whole reason why we're even talking about this as something that's not a completely ludicrous exercise, yep. you know? And I just don't think Kennard does that. Uh, yeah, I hear, I definitely hear what you're saying. I honestly, I have not. Even though really, I actually like him as a player. I do I, too. He's a nice player. I do too. In the right situation, he's worth it for the ninth pick. Uh, what do you, what do you think about the Suns for 10? Him to the Suns. Hmm. That's interesting. Because I like him playing off of Booker. Because those two as a tandem, because they can, he's Booker light in some ways. Because he can I mean, handle a little bit. If I'm the Suns, I wouldn't want to speed up my financial timeline. Yeah. Like <laughs> That's for sure. What, what yeah. I would want to do what you don't want to do as a team is get into a situation where the Kings are in, where you have to decide whether you want to pay guys when you still don't know what you have. And yeah. you could conceivably trade Luke Kennard, trade for number 10 for Luke Kennard. Mm-hmm. You know you're paying Devin Booker, obviously. Mm-hmm. They already signed him up, and that was a no-brainer. He's a great player. Um, I like Aiden. I think he's going to be good. Yeah. But what happened with the Kings, and Zach Lowe has talked about this a lot, is the Kings locked in all of these guys before they won anything with the anticipation 
that they would win something eventually, just mm-hmm. like be 500 at some point in the somewhat near future. And they haven't even done that. They won 37 games two years ago, and that was it. And we don't know if they're ever going to be making the playoffs anytime soon. Mm-hmm. And they paid Buddy Heald, and they're going to have to pay De'Aaron Fox, and they've got Bogdanovich as a as a free agent this summer, or not this summer, this offseason. Mm-hmm. And now you're like, paying to keep together you paid Harrison Barnes now you're paying to keep together this team that's a 400 to 450 team and it's like yeah you don't want to pay to keep together the team until you have somewhat of a firm idea of what they are mm-hmm. and if you trade number 10 for Luke Kennard you're going to be put in the position of like wait are we paying to keep Kennard now because maybe we should be in a position where we should be paying to keep player x in a year but now we just paid Kennard which is like the Kings are like, well, they started Bogdanovich over Buddy Heald halfway through this year, but they already paid Buddy Heald. So what do they do? Mm-hmm. Um, I just wouldn't want to be in that no man's land. And, yeah. and I, wouldn't put on, I wouldn't put myself in that no man's land, speed up my timeline when things are looking pretty good and you don't have to do it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You'd want, uh, you if you traded for Luke Kennard, you'd be like, hey, Luke. Just take like two threes a game. We just don't want you to be that good this year. So we can just pay you less. <laughs> and then just take off like a rocket and do the things we know you can do. Because that's, I mean, that's the dilemma, right? That's really the dilemma. Because if you think Luke Kennard has, there's a lot left there to show and you trade for him and then he shows it in a contract year, which most guys do different things in contract years so they can get paid. You just wonder. That like yeah, it's it's not the best timing to trade for him. I I do agree with that. But I I would like for him to be in a better situation than in Detroit. Because if he's if you're asking him to be your best perimeter player, then you're asking him to do something he was never supposed to do. So I'd mm-hmm. I'd just like to see him paired with somebody somebody good. Yeah, no, I agree with you. He's a nice player with a nice skill set. Um you know what? Want to wrap up here? Yeah. We'll leave the rest to the imagination. Yeah. Here's here's my here's guys. my summation of this real quick. Yeah. Don't trade the ninth pick. Don't do it, Wizards. Yeah. Don't do it. There are going yeah. to be players in this draft that around the ninth pick are going to hit. You, I would be nervous, too, if I were you. I'd be nervous that they're not going to take the right guy. But there are guys that could potentially fill these holes that you don't have to pay for a long time that gives you options. And also, let's, I mean, let's say that they do hit, but they can't develop a defense. And, and maybe Bradley Beal says, yeah, I want to stay here. I want to be a wizard. That's Having a guy on a rookie scale deal is a much better trade chip than getting a guy like Maxi Kleba or even Luke Kennard or Josh Okoji or Larry Nance. Like those guys aren't good trade chips. Like those aren't guys that are going to help you upgrade your roster to something much better. Whereas yep. this ninth pick could end up being somebody. Maybe they're not ready to help you as quick as you would like, but maybe you you package him and Bertans and, and like, oh, well, that's suddenly very interesting to player X that wants out. Yeah. So, so to me, I would I wouldn't do it, and I know that the the Wizards have too many holes to fill at this point to 
try to use, and, and this is definitely what the Wizards did before. They're like, okay, and they traded out of the Ricky Rubio draft because they thought that Randy Foy and Mike Miller could help fill the gaps. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're just not you're not going to be able to fill the gaps. I would I'd rather take my chance at something that that's unknown than than trade a very valuable asset for Dwight Powell, Maxi Kleba, any, anybody like that. I think that is fair analysis. Um, I think that's very fair, and I think that's why you don't often see. The number nine pick yeah. traded for Maxi Kleba. Right. That's why Maxi Kleba has been traded number nine for number nine zero times <laughs> in his right. career. Um, that said, I love Maxi Kleba. <laughs> <laughs> trade number nine for Maxi Kleba. That said, everyone who has the number nine pick every year should just trade it for Maxi Kleba. <laughs> well, you got the ninth pick now. You know what you got to do. Maxi yeah, Kleba's gotcha. 45 now. It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> That's the rule. It's, it's a He's tradition. He's not even playing basketball. He's not even on a contract. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Got to find you get him. number nine. You lose it from Maxi Kleba. Maxi Kleba yeah, now I mean, owns a Chick Fil A. What are we trying to do here? Like, nope. Maxi Kleba. I'm talking future 43 year old <laughs> yeah, Maxi Kleba. I, I, I got it, Maxi Kleba. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there are some other ones on the list which are which are bigger names. You can include number nine is a Miles, or you can try to include number nine as a Miles Turner thing. I got him on there. Um, I got Zach Collins on there. Uh, who else do I have? Who was in part one? Who do we have? You've got Steven Adams on the list. Is he on part yeah. one? Part I one mean, I ha- two. Yeah. Part one. I've got yeah. Steven Adams on the list literally so I can debunk Steven Adams. Same yeah. thing with, with, you know, some of these guys that are on the list are on the list so that I can say no way. And Steven yeah. Adams is one of them. Yeah. Andre Drummond is one of them. Oh, yeah. Lamarcus Aldridge is one of them. Uh, I've got Jonathan Isaac on the list, which yeah. I think is uh, is just a no from everybody involved. Um, yep. I got Derek White on there. I got Larry Nance on there. You can go see my analysis of all that stuff over at the Athletic DC. Like I said, if you're not a subscriber, one dollar a week at the Athletic DC slash the Athletic DC slash Wizards after dark if you listen to wizards after dark if you're maybe listening to the live scream the live the live screen stream <laughs> stream my diction is horrific today <laughs> if you're listening to the live stream or maybe you're listening to this one random episode you can subscribe to wizards after dark wherever you listen to podcasts if you listen regularly and you want to help out the podcast you can go over to iTunes and you can leave us a review. You can give us five stars. The written reviews actually help a lot more than you might realize. Um, we're just leaning into draft stuff over the next two weeks. The draft is two weeks from two today. Weeks. Yeah, it's wild. It's Wednesday right now and the draft is two weeks from today. And as we all know, the only thing anybody is thinking about today in this country is the NBA draft in two weeks. <laughs> so we're... We're leaning into NBA draft coverage um, over the next couple episodes. So I will be, it'll be draft stuff. You know, listeners know I'm doing one of these a week. So it'll be Wizards draft stuff next week and Wizards draft stuff the week after that. And the week of the draft, I'll probably do two podcasts because I'll probably do a podcast leading into the draft. Mm-hmm. And I'll probably do a podcast the night of the draft or maybe the day after the draft or something like that. Just 
reacting and talking about stuff. And if there is something that happens, if Kevin O'Connor's report does come true and the Wizards move up two days before the draft, I'll do an emergency podcast. If the draft pick gets made or traded, there will be an emergency <laughs> podcast. I promise. That That is going to be worth it. There will be something there. Uh, either way, I'll be back next week with a new episode one week from the draft. I'll talk to you guys then.